want to uh, read a. Uh, um, uh, <clears throat> I want to read to you something that a friend of mine. <clears throat> I know him. I can't really say we're friends. I mean, we're acquaintance friends. He knows who I am. I know who he is. We've talked on occasion. Uh, he's basically a, a theologian, but he's not like. I mean, he's educated, but it, you know, just because they. Uh, somebody has doctor of theology doesn't mean they understand the Bible. Amen. Just means they went to college. Amen. Do you get that? Peter got that apparently. Do you, do you get that? Yeah. You, you, you cannot educate yourself to the level of God's thinking. You have to, and he's more. You no, know, he's he's not just educated. Um, he's, uh, uh, he understands a lot about the Word. But, but he wrote something here that really kind of struck me in accordance with the message series that I'm on, the name of Jesus. <clears throat> we need to understand the name of Jesus, but let me read his, his, um, his post that he wrote. I, drove, I just drove past a church sign. It had a great message. It said, thank God for everything. I said to Patty, that's his wife, the meaning of that sign could be taken two ways. <clears throat> it is expressing thanks to God itself, an expression of praise, or it is exhorting those who read it to give praise to God. She said, maybe both. Maybe it's both. Indeed. But the issue of hermeneutics is what is the meaning intended by the author, not how many ways could those words be understood. This is a major problem in Christianity today is we're taking things. See, if you if you go search what you want God to be like in the Bible, you can find it and get a, a verse supporting it. But is it what God said? You follow me? Yes. The issue of hermeneutics is what is the meaning intended by the author, not how many ways you could the, those words be understood when it comes to scripture, understanding the intended meaning of the human author and the divine author who is inspiring the words is the discipline of biblical hermeneutics. Was the purpose of the sign to give praise or to tell the passers-by to give praise? Was the person who put the words on the sign intending to worship or to exhort? I don't know because I don't have any further context. But in the interpretation of Scripture, we do have usually context, literary, historical, theological, genre, culture, uh, and the immediate setting context helps us understand the intended meaning of Scriptures. It is important that we strive to understand the author's intent and not just what our personal agenda wants the meaning to be. Now, within this, how does this apply to our lives? Like I said, there, there's a lot of doctrines out there today. And I'm speaking on the name of Jesus. So you, you could come from a various form that talks about the name of Jesus without understanding the context of the name. Now, in the Bible, we have a God from Old Testament, you know, Genesis all the way through Revelations. We have a God who multiple times says, I do not change. But there's a lot of doctrines out there right now that they're changing who God is because of Jesus, which is the name that I'm teaching on. They're finding terms in the New Testament 
and changing them to mean their context. One of the big ones right now is that uh, there's been some major preachers uh, preach on there is no hell. There is no punishment. Everybody's going to heaven because Jesus died on the cross for all. They found the verse. Jesus died on the cross for all. And so therefore all must be going to heaven. But wait a minute. God does not change. If we walk back through the history of God, in the days of Noah, God destroyed the earth because of unbelief, wickedness. Okay, wait a minute. There was a God that was mad at what the people were doing. And he destroyed them all. We get into uh, Moses and the Israelites, which is a type and a foreshadow of coming out of the world, Egyptian bondage, into the promised land, the goodness and the, the promises of God. But those who he brought out of Egypt did not go in. They were destroyed in the, the wilderness because they could not accept what God had said. They tried to change what God had said and they constantly murmured and complained and, all, and disobeyed and did not have faith. In the midst of it, uh, with different areas, I mean, at one point God said, talking to Moses, I'm going to kill them all and I'll raise up a new people out of you. And if it was not for Moses' intercession, they would have all been wiped out and God would have just started over. Okay, then we come down into the tribulation period. We come down to hell. We come down. Uh, the tribulation is called the wrath of God, which translation means the anger of God. He's allowing things to come on the earth, just like he allowed the water to flood out because of his anger. And in all of these examples, and we could find more, is there were... Um, uh, there was, there was a payment for sin. Use Bible terms. There was a wage payment for sin. So when we come down, and I'm speaking on the name of Jesus still today. This name is given to us for a reason. And it has to be in line with the author's intent. The author being God. He gave us that name. Amen. But if we don't understand the name... We can say the name. Most Christians will pray, and I say this in the name of Jesus, amen. It's habit. They, they don't understand the, the, uh, the components of it. If you think, let me, let me just exhort for, for a minute. I have a document in my safe. I'm not going to tell you which safe. Uh, I have a document in my, my safe. It's called the power of attorney. Okay, it, it, mom signed it, gave me power of attorney. I can transact business on her behalf, should I ever need to. Now, she trusts me, that's why she gave it to me. But from a legal sense, I can take that power of attorney, even though she's held, she's you know, healthy, uh, you know, everything's good, you know, she's, her cognitive factors are all there. She knows. I could take that legal document and take money out of her bank. Now, I never would, she would trust me, just follow the logic here. But that document, that power of attorney, <clears throat> her name is on it. And with her name is a signature. Now, I could walk into the bank where she banks at. And I said, uh, uh, you know, this bank right here, uh, this bank account, I need to withdraw all the money and close the account. Uh, and I could hand them the power of attorney. And they could say, well, well how is Ann? So it doesn't matter. I got a document here. Well, we need to verify that she's okay. No, you don't. I've got a legal document right here that empowers me to do this. This document empowers me to do this. Mm -hmm. 
you, you see her name right there? You see her signature right there? Match that signature. Yeah, it matches. Look at that. This document gives me legal right to do this. When God gave us the name Jesus, it was a power of attorney. Now, wait a minute. Don't disconnect the logic. I can walk in with that power of attorney and I can transact business based on the power of attorney. I can walk in the name of Jesus and transact business on the name of Jesus. Do you follow me? Yes. We all understand power of attorneys. It gives us the right, the empowerment to do it. I remember Pastor Harbaugh's testimony when he and this angel got, got married. Him traveling overseas a lot, he, he knew he needed a power of attorney. That if something needed to be signed, something needed to be done, that she could sign on his behalf. So he went to an attorney. He said, I need a power of attorney. He says, okay, what do you want it to say? A power of attorney. Give her a right. Yeah, but to how far? Now, if you looked at that power of attorney I have on my, there's little check marks. What I can transact. So, so if, it, if it says that I, I can, uh, you know, deal with her checking account, but it says that I can't purchase anything in her name, well, then I don't have the power of attorney to do that. I can just take the money. Okay, so, so this attorney is asking Pastor Harbaugh, how much power do you want to give her? And he says, well, I don't understand. Explain it to me so I understand what's going on. He says, well, well you can limit it. it only, it's only responsible up to a certain level, or you can give her full power of attorney, and she can institutionalize you and say that you're crazy. He said, let's go a little bit less than that. Okay. So, so she walks around. She has this power of attorney. She can transact business. Can't institutionalize him because there was a restriction there. Oh, wait a minute. Second Peter chapter 1 is coming up. According to his divine power has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. Oh, you mean my power of attorney in this name pertains to every arena of my life and my fulfilling the purpose of God? See, a lot of people are sitting around thinking, oh, I can't do what God wants me to do because I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I don't make enough money, I don't this, I don't that. Ooh, pause. All things pertain to life and godliness. So if God has placed something in our heart, there is a way to get there based on a legal document called it's a covenant. We're, we're going to start explaining these things. It's a covenant. But the name of our covenant is Jesus. Most people think in terms of the covenant name as the man that walked on the Sea of Galilee. And sure, it was his name. But his name means something. This is why I, I've said many times when you name your children, I wish we would have really known this, even though we did pick out uh, good biblical names. Uh, but I, I really didn't per do it purposefully. But the name David. Anybody know what David means? You do? What does it mean? Oh, it means beloved. See, we, Latrice and I met each other just about this time, 12, 13 years ago. Uh, Peter and I had, had been talking and we were getting everything arranged. They hadn't met Tammy and I hadn't met Latrice. And I said, well, let me take you, your, you and your wife out to dinner. And we went, it was Marie, I mean, still Marie Callender's, but it was owned by Marie Callender's back then. It's been sold off to another company. And so she came in, you know, it's Christmas time. And she came in with a little elf hat on. And uh, she was all Christmassy looking, but she was the angry elf. <laughs> she looked at me like, you're messing with my soup. 
But see, every time now in this relationship uh, that's gone on 12 years, yeah. something like that, every time she says, hey, Pastor David, she's saying, Pastor Beloved. And it started where she loves me now. She's no longer the angry elf. But every time she said my name, she spoke something over me. Because my name's beloved. I, I've walked in this actually. Once I realized this, I actually believe that everybody that, hey, David, they're saying, hey, beloved, people love me. They have a hard time walking with me, but they love me. You, you, you should uh, make sure that when you name your children, that there's, it's a name that you're provoking over them. You're yes. declaring them. Yes. I didn't share this with anybody. I am totally off track on my message today. <laughs> but uh, uh, when we were back in missions conference and uh, on, the, uh, on the, I think it was the Friday, uh, uh, Vaughn from uh, you know, Myanmar, he came up and he said, Dad, he says, uh, I get to tell you something. I said, yeah, what? He says, uh, Tintin's pregnant. It's like, oh, wow, praise God. And uh, when's it going to be, you know, the birth, da, 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 da. And, uh, uh, you know, we talked about it and everything like that. I was all excited for him. And then um, uh, he came back later that afternoon because he was talking to uh, Tintin about, like, how they're going to name her and everything like that. And came back and says, uh, I was talking to Tintin, tell her that Tintin, that I, that I told you. And she said, how come you didn't ask him to name her? And I'm like, <laughs> and he says, it's our culture. It would be right for you to name her. And I said, okay, I'm going to have to pray about this and get back to you. It took me two or three weeks. But I the very first thing I started doing was looking up words that meant something. Because she's going to grow up in an environment in Myanmar that's the longest civil war that's ever. I don't want to just name her a pretty name. Oh, this is a cool name and popular today. I want a name that every time somebody says it, they're speaking something into her life. Now, I, I, I remember I'm still on the name of Jesus. When we say the name of Jesus, we're saying something that has a legal component to it. Amen. If we understand it. Now, we can turn it into um, just saying something. Because we don't understand it. I pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, God Almighty. And, and let's eat our food. Okay. But, but the Bible says that if we receive the, for, the food with thanksgiving and thankfulness, according to his name, it shall be sanctified. Do you know what you're eating? I mean, you may know it's a hamburger, but do you know where the, the components inside of it came from? Do you know if the meat's spoiled or just has a bacteria? You don't know, especially if you're in a restaurant. Your prayer can change the outcome of the consumption of food. Are you following me? Yes. So if we don't understand this, going back to the hermeneutics and everything, if we don't understand the name, we're going to find a doctrine that fits our philosophy and then try to provoke God's name over it. And it's not what he said. God will never change. Whatever you're doing in the New Testament, it better have a foundation in the Old Testament. Whatever you're reading in the, New, in the Old Testament, you better still see how it's applicable in the New Testament. And, it, and to understand this, we've got to walk through it. So God does not change, but many modern day Christians have changed God 
in their New Testament beliefs to fit what they want God to say and how they see it. And you, you cannot, I just gave a, an illustration, even in the New Testament, so the, those are, you know, coming out of Egypt, going in there, was for our example so we would know what not to do. Well, if it didn't apply, why do we need to know? It's just a history lesson. So when we come into the name, now we started off in 1 Samuel last week, 17, so go ahead and turn there. We're going to launch back off of there. And my, my proxy was, or my, my basis of, of what I'm um, what I'm using as a foundation for talking about his name is David. David did not lose. I still cannot find, nobody brought it to me either. I said it online, I said it in church. If you know of a battle that David lost, please bring it to my attention because I can't find it. David never lost. One person. David never lost. Now, if he lived under the old covenant, which was a lesser covenant, meaning that you live under a greater covenant, and David never lost, should we lose? Should we come up short? But do we have the mindset? See, when David walked into the camp and Goliath's talking all his smack, he wasn't, you know, he's just kind of like, where y'all go? Hey, guys, where are you going? Where, where, Where are you like all behind rocks? Who's this guy talking all this smack? What? What's the prize? Well, I'll go kill him. He, there's a faith and fear message that I dealt with last week. But what I, wanted, what, what, what I really want to emphasize is when he walked into it, fear had no place. There wasn't even an option. He looked at is an uncircumcised Philistine. Translation, he is a person without the covenant of God. Why are you listening to him? Okay, but, 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 did Jesus by his stripes heal us? Sickness is an uncircumcised Philistine. Why are we so afraid of it? He that was rich became poor that we might be rich. Uh, Poverty, debt, lack is an uncircumcised Philistine. Why, Why do we allow it play so much havoc in our life? Can you walk through life... It is a faith statement, but really I'm talking about the attitude within us that rests in faith. When bad news comes, when it doesn't look like it's working, when, when something is happening that looks like it's against us, can you look at it like David looked at Goliath and know it does not have a covenant with God? See, very, very few Christians can do this because they give fear an element of domain in their life. Now, 1726, let's go in there. And David spake unto the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? Everything, when, when sickness or disease tries to get on you, comes knocking at your door, and it will, it's defying the living God. I've been given victory over it, but I've got to fight the battle. I've got to stand against it. When it looks like my money's dried up, fear comes knocking at the door, what am I going to do? I'm either going to look at it as like, you have no covenant, what can you do? God said he'd supply all my needs. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. 
He's given me all things pertaining to life and godliness. I'll walk in everything that he's given to me. If he has to feed me by the ravens of the earth, I'll still have food. Who are you? Uncircumcised Philistine. See, everything that violates a promise of God is an uncircumcised, which is a word for, because that was the mark of the covenant in the Old Testament. It does not have a covenant right to take authority over me. See, if you go back in a study, when the disciples, Jesus sent them out, and uh, they cast out devils, healed, healed the sick, and when they came back, they were all excited and said, uh, wow, even the devils are subject to, to your name. And he said, don't be excited about that. Be excited that your name's written in the book of life, meaning that your name could not be written in the book of life, because if everybody's name was written in the book of life, what's there to be excited about? Step on my own toe here. I wanted to say something different, but hermeneutics won't let me. But my point being with that story is, <clears throat> even the disciples were strangers to the power that had been given them. Because they were shocked that a devil would, would respond to what they said. They had authority over them. They were strangers to the power of God. I guarantee you we're all strangers to, to what God really wants to do through us. And the reason is because we get placed to fear and we don't press the envelope on what we're believing and go after what, what we feel that's in our heart. David never lost. Can you say that? David, David never, never lost. lost. Now let's go back there. What shall be, uh, you know, David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killed the Philistine? Notice he didn't ask their opinions. He asked what the promise was. Well, you're going through something. You call somebody up and say, you know, I'm going through this. What do you think? Or do you call somebody up and say, would you tell me what the promise of God is in this so I can stand on it and believe God and overcome it? We are, we are too insecure about our own opinions to stand on the word of God. So we want to ask help for somebody because they're going to give you the little warm and fuzzy hug, even if it's, oh, brother, sister, you just, God has everything in his hand, and, and, and you just trust in God. Well, trust in what? Trust in God. Well, what'd God say about it? Honey, I don't know. I haven't read my Bible in three years, but I know that you can just trust in God. But what does that mean? Well, you know, I couldn't really explain. Just trust in God. He loves you. He loves you. Now, now I need to go now because my soap opera is getting ready to start. And I, and I, ca I can't miss that. You ain't lying. <laughs> Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave and gave us the keys. Whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. People aren't loosing things in heaven. We're binding the things of heaven because we can't keep control of our mouth. Well, I'll tell you what, the flu's going around. It gets on me every single time. You just bound heaven's healing power. Well, the flu's going around. Everybody's getting sick. So it's an uncircumcised Philistine. Why do I care? Don't get too close to me. <coughs> I got this thing. I could care less about your thing. It's yours. You just confessed it. That's right. It ain't my thing. I don't do those kind of things. 
Somebody said to me the other day, well, break your arm. I said, my arms don't, my bones don't break. They looked at me like, what? I said, my, don't, my bones don't break. I actually, it's part of my confession. It's part of my, my prayer. I don't fall down. My bones don't break. Uh, my skin don't get thin. Uh, I'm not going to be like all these people there. Every time they touch something, they start bleeding. You know, I'm 61 now. I don't know what age it starts, but I know it's not at 30. So uh, you, you can have all the thin skin you want, but my skin's thin. That's why you can't offend me. I got thick skin. I'm preaching better than you guys looking. Look at verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with swords, with spear, and with shield. You're coming to me with natural elements. Who cares that you're coming at me with inflation, taxation? Uh, uh, What's that called that they can't transport things? Uh, Supply chain problems. Uh, You're coming at me with all that. But I come to you in the name. name. Now, Now, wait a minute. When he said, I come to you in the name. That name gives me a power of attorney that I can stand here and decree how this thing will turn out. I come to you in the name. Where am I at? 47, 46. What am I at? 45. 45. I come to you uh, in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of, in- of Israel, whom thou hast defiled. Now, he didn't stop there. Let's look at 46. This day. Now, he put a time frame on it. We ain't going to dance around with this, Mr. Goliath. I'm taking care of you today. Have you ever gotten your prayer closet, wrote out the, the Goliaths that are in your life that's battling you, and come to those things in the name? Because I got a power of attorney, I got a contract here that I can deal with this in the name. And this day, Lord, uh, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. He must have been a tither. God said he'd rebuke the devourer. He's, he, he wasn't, you got to get this. He wasn't looking at his war set skills to battle this. Yeah. He, no, 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 watch this. I did, I, this day, this day, God didn't tell him that. He said, this day will the Lord deliver you into my hands. He's putting God on the hook based on the legal contract he has on the covenant. Most people in their prayers is asking Jesus to do something he's already done and still standing in faith on the covenant, declaring his name to transact it. Are you following me? Yes, sir. This day I will smite you and I'll take your head from off of thee and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines at this day and to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that <coughs> all the earth may know that there is a God in heaven. We wouldn't do that today because that wouldn't be nice. <laughs> well, I'm just going to pray that, that God saves you. It's funny that that wasn't even in his vocabulary. He said, I'm going to cut your head off. He didn't even have a sword. He had a staff and the, the five stones in the slingshot. Now, the first one killed him, but I fully believe that if the first one didn't kill him, the second one was flying right behind it, the third one was flying behind it, the fourth one was flying behind it, the fifth one was flying behind it, and if he is out of stone, he had a staff, and he's going to kung fu the guy to death with his stick. Goliath falls, hits his head, knocks him out, dazes him, grabs his... Because he gave no room to failure. He gave no room to failure. Amen. 
This is how it's going to be because I have a power of attorney. Let's go to the Gospel of John. I, I spent my, my whole sermon there, and I think I could actually spend my whole sermon here, but we've got to get moving on. John chapter 1, Amen. verse 12. John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many... No, 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 wait a minute. Because a lot of New Testament believers that everybody is walking in the, the New Testament covenant because he died for all, all are saved. But he says, for as many. Well, he wouldn't have said that if it was everybody. He just said something like, for everybody. He says, for as many as received him. Now, we've, we've got to ask ourselves, received what? Well, him. Yeah, but what is it him? Well, that Jesus paid the price for our sin, rose from the dead, and now we can be saved. You have a very shallow understanding of the word of God if you believe that. Or if your belief system is stuck there. Because everything, this power of attorney was given to us that we can live our life based on the power of attorney that we have authority over all things. Jesus being uh, <coughs> set uh, at the right hand of the Father above every name that is named. And then we were set in him, which makes us above every name that's named, which gives us the judicial right, <coughs> the legal right to take authority over all things that are coming against us in that place. Now, if I'm above all things, nothing has power over me. So why would I give place to fear? Now, if it says for as many, then I got, I've got to bring into my interpretation that some have it, some don't. And I should ask myself, do I have it? Now, Christians with Christian speak will say, yeah, praise God, I have it. I'm born again. That, that's not what the Bible said. He says, for as many as receive him, which would be <coughs> the death, burial, and resurrection, the conquering of all things. If I receive that, remember Hebrews 11 and uh, 5 or 6, it says for, uh, uh, let me see, hang on, I'm not pulling it up, that believe that he is, Hebrews 11, Is it six? Maybe. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he, that, yeah, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. That he is what? That he exists? Well, it can't be that he exists because anybody that doesn't believe that he exists would not go to him. Yeah. So you've got to believe something further, something deeper than the fact that he exists. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what am I diligently seeking him on? Well, I'm diligently seeking him on a healing in my body. Then I must believe that he is the healer. Yeah. He's not practicing medicine and trying to figure he's the healer. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. So now do I give no room for failure? Or am I hoping he touches me? I've got an economic problem in, within my family and it's all going downhill and I don't know what to do. And so I call on him. Well, he says, I must believe that he is, that he is what? The provider. He'll make a way. He's the way maker. And that he is a rewarder. And that he is a rewarder. Not that sometimes he rewards. 
I must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. I come to him on a, on a whatever I'm seeking him for. I have to believe he is, he is that compo- component. If you go back to all the names, uh, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah, you know, all those names back there, it describes him and his nature. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. He's my provision. He's my banner. He's my, my rear guard. All those kind of things. If I come to him, I believe he is what he said he is and that he will reward me. Meaning I'll get the answer to my prayers. We can take other verses in the New Testament. David never failed. He never lost a battle. I tell you what, there's there's battles that look like we're losing. A lot of it is we're believing for somebody to be saved. And they just keep acting stupid. It's hard to believe that, no, 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 no. Lord, Lord, my child is not hearing nothing. They walked away from you. But I believe you're the deliverer. I believe you're the Lord of the harvest. And I'll even go back to your word that if I train them up in the way that they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. So, Lord, I got a promise over here that you will intervene. Now, they don't look like anything that they're going to do it right. And, Lord, there's no room for failure in this. In fact, Muriel's testimony with Alex is a great testimony because it really, that's kind of a nutshell of what she did. And now it was at the last minute, somewhere in there. But who cares? Okay, but where, where is success in your life? See, because if you cannot fail, you can overcome. But see, there's got to be an attitude within us that these things don't happen to me. It does not matter what is, what is what's going on, what I am faced with. It is uncircumcised. It does not have a covenant with you, O God. And based on your covenant, you cannot allow it to to overtake me. And if you're a tither, you can say, and you said that you will rebuke the devourer on my behalf. And I call on the God of the tithe to show up in this thing. I got to at least get to the next verse. Um, So he said, so we can receive Jesus, but as many as receive him to them, he gave power to become the sons of God. So you're not a son or daughter of God just because you received his name, that he's Lord and Savior. Because he says, as many as will do this. John's not writing to heathen. He's writing to believers. So we can receive Jesus without operating in power. How do we know if we've really received him? Just look at our power level. We're all living below the power level. We haven't received what he's done. Therefore, if we haven't received what he's done, how can we say we understand his name? Because his name is a power of attorney, is a legal contract, is something that I can stand upon and put a demand upon. So sonship ties into airship. No, not that kind of airship. I was thinking of, Jefferson Airship. I know you're saying starship, but before that they were called airship. He gave them power to become sons of God, which means once they become a son of God, they're joint heirs. Now the airship, everybody knows what an heir is when somebody dies or when somebody has it, it's transferred to them or they have access to it, is that why are we living below the means of God is because we don't understand what Jesus has done. 
We don't understand. That's why people are praying for Jesus to touch them, for Jesus to do something when he's already done it. He's saying, you stand up in this and believe. He gave them power to become sons of God, even to them that believe. What? On his name. So now again, we see the name tied in here. I can do all this because of the name. When I say in the name of Jesus and I understand what it really means, like going back to my example of the power of attorney, and I'm in a bank, said, no, that, that doesn't matter. I got a power of attorney right here in this name, this signature right here. I can transact this, but it's not in your name. doesn't matter. I got a power of attorney. I can stand in my position of authority because I have a legality to do this. Is this making sense? Verse 3. No, it's not. Verse 13. Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the, of the will of man, but of the will of God. God wants us into this. Verse 14. And the word was made flesh. Now, in the, if we went back up to one, one and two, in the beginning was the word, word was with God, the word was God, the same as in the beginning with God. So God became flesh. God became flesh. Dwelt among us and we beheld the glory, um, his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Now, if he was the firstborn of many, and when God took on flesh, the word manifested in front of us. And in seeing him, they could behold the glory of God, the grace of God, the power of God. Then shouldn't people see that in us? Amen. But they're seeing worry warts. Go down. If you could filter all the Christians on social media, you'd find out all their cries of help to other people in social media land. Instead of being in him we live and move and have our being. I am what he said I am. Somebody comes up, yeah, but I remember whenever you did this. Oh, that guy died. Was there a guy that died? You ain't that guy no more, right? So somebody may have known him back in the day. Oh, I remember when you, oh, no, you don't remember me that because that's not me. See, Paul let me see if I can remember. I think it's 2 Corinthians 7. Because remember, Paul stood at the feet of Stephen being stoned. Mm-hmm. 7 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Receive us. We have wronged no man. I remember reading that one time. I was like, huh? Do, do you remember Stephen? Do you remember all the people you put in jail? He says, receive me. I've wronged no man. I've corrupted no man. Defrauded no man. How did he do that? Because the other verse that he writes, I think it's over in Philippians, uh, putting behind the things of the past and pressing toward the mark of God. They They ain't me no more. They ain't me no more. Walk out of it. You, you, you and I literally have a way to lay our old man down and not be that person anymore. Amen. Now, sure, there's always going to be family and friends that will remind you. Remember, they did that to Job. His three closest friends came to him to uh, encourage him in the Lord. What would you do wrong, buddy? 
God is after you. So, amen. There's a dimension of power that is reserved to the born again class. There's, there, there's a provision of power that has been reserved for you and for me. We're living below it. Now, this name is what's going to give us. And I've got I to gotta bring this down, but I want to read uh, one more verse. Uh, uh, let's go to John 10.10. 10. Amen. John 10.10. 10. If you've been around here any length of time, you've probably heard me quote this. The thief cometh not but to, for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the thief only shows up for one reason, to take away. But I, Jesus says, I am come that you might have. I am come that you might have. Now this ties in great with the, the testimony that Peter gave in the exhortation this morning of the, the relative that believed that God sent a wreck to, to do something in him. No, no. How, how do we ever get that, that thinking when Jesus said, I have come that you might have. Well, I know this life is a struggle. Pause, pause, pause. Jesus said, I, might, I have come that you might have. Why, why have we assigned takeaway to God? Well, God needed your, your loved one in heaven, so he just took him. No, no. I have come that you might have. There's no darkness in him, like Peter pointed out. There's no darkness at all in him. If you, being a good father, wouldn't give your child a serpent when they ask for bread, how much more would I do for you? Paraphrased. Because I have come that you might have. Jesus came that we might have. The only purpose of the devil is to take away. Jesus came that we might have. How many times do we blame God for what has happened? Well, God must not, God must not want me to, to walk in that. I have come that you might have. Well, God's just teaching me something. I have come that you might have. The Spirit will teach us. Teachers will teach us. Uh, we, there's a lot of ways of being taught. Never once in your Bible does God put you through sickness, disease, uh, calamity, right. uh, hardship, or anything, because right. I have come that you might have. The thief comes. To mess up your life. Kill, stone, destroy. But I have come that you might have. Well, praise God. How can we declare a name that gives when we think of God as a taker? Why did God allow this to happen? Wait a minute. How come you're not in the equation? You never hear people blaming themselves. Why did God allow this to happen to me? Where were you at in your faith? Well, 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 I have come that you might have. So any problem in this life, there will be problems. Jesus has come that we might have. Any problem that we encounter is just a need that needs to be met. I have come. Let me, let me insert, I have come that you might have your needs met. That you might have life and life more abundant. 
You, you can't have life and life more abundant if you, if you got all kinds of needs that aren't being met. That's why Jesus came. Now this, this name, I'm going to go into it deeper because we're going to be on this for a few weeks. We're going, to, we're going to see how this name really applies to our lives. And it's all based on this covenant that Jesus made, like the covenant that David stood on and never lost a battle. I have come that you might have the stand. You know, many times we think, especially the way a lot of modern teaching is taught, that everything is just okay, that going to church, I go to church, I'm saved. Uh, I do this, and, and so I, but we, we never actually give our, our lives to the Lord. We never actually give our lives to the Lord. If there's anybody here who's never given your life to the Lord, and you need to get in the system. I have come that you might have. I want that. You've never, you've never sat down and prayed, God, Jesus, I, I recognize your Lord and Savior. If there's anybody here that wants into this thing and has never given their life to the Lord, just come, come forward real quick. We'll lead, you, we'll lead you in a prayer of salvation that you want to walk with God. You want to understand. Is there anybody? Y'all going to heaven? Amen. All giving your life to the Lord? All right. If, if, if you're hesitating, don't hesitate. Because this is life eternal. And we need to walk in these things. I want to encourage you to, uh, to, to stay locked in. If you have to miss a service, then go online and watch. Because we have to understand the name. We have a lot of people understanding the name. But we don't, we don't really understand the name. I go back to that, that post that just made me sad. A person that, that, that knows the name. But when the name showed up, it was time to go home. You should, 20, last 20 minutes of the, uh, the service. You should have got here earlier, God, so we could have stuck around and hung out with you. But we we got to look at, at, the, at what drives us in our life. Yeah. The, the elders are up here. If you need prayer for anything else, feel free to come up. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, let it open the eyes of our understanding. Let it be revealed to us, Lord, that we will start becoming hungry. God, there, there's a level we can live at that we don't have to fight all the stuff that we fight. Lord, we can get through it. Lord, we can have peace of mind. Lord, we can, we can have all sufficiency in all things. Lord, our bodies will work, and we can just bring glory to you. God, help us to see it so that we walk in it in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you.